0: Bibles with you tonight turn with me to mark the 10th chapter mark chapter 10 we're gonna look at verses 44 and 45 real quick and uh, I know I started a series on uh, the gifts of the Spirit I I haven't forgotten about that I'm gonna postpone it till next Wednesday the Lord willing and I want to take this little side journey tonight in mark the 10th chapter the 44th verse and 45th verse it says and whoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto or served but to minister or serve and to give his life a ransom for many Jesus didn't come to be served Jesus came to serve He didn't come to be ministered unto. He came to minister unto us. And he did. He gave his life for us. A ransom for many. I've told this story before, but it bears repeating. And it's been a long time. So some of you may not have heard it. And some of us may not remember hearing it. (laughs) But when I think of. Serving or being served, my mind goes back to the time that my wife and I ate at a five-star restaurant by the name of Pellos, P-A-L-O-S. And we've had the privilege to eat at several five-star restaurants down through the years, and they were all excellent, but Pellos seems to stand out for one reason or another, and I'm not sure what it is, but it's the one that comes to mind. I don't know how many of you ever ate at a five-star restaurant, but if you ever did, I'm sure it was an experience that you will never forget. There's something really special about this type of a restaurant. There is a atmosphere of excellence that you can feel the moment you walk through the front door of the place. And as we entered the restaurant Palos, or Palos, we were immediately impressed by the extravagant decor. Uh, vaulted ceilings, hand-carved uh, crown molding and different types of woodwork and uh, just an a, a excellent spirit about everything that was uh, in the decor. They had costly sparkling chandeliers, I'm sure they were crystal, and they gave off a soft soothing light that, that gave an ambience in the dining area that was welcoming and relaxing. There were elegantly set dining tables with white tablecloths, real silverware, not stainless steel, real silverware, fine china and crystal glasses on the tables. And the tables themselves were surrounded by fancy chairs that were covered with white satin with a big bow in the back of it. And uh, before you could even take it all in, I, you know, I, what comes to mind is Cheesecake Factory, you know, with the pillars and the designs and the carvings and stuff. But uh, even Cheesecake Factory, as fine as it looks, didn't compare it to this. And uh, before you could even take it all in, you're greeted by the ma- maitre d' with a very warm welcome. And he says, good evening, sir. Good evening, madam. Welcome to Pelos. We're so honored that you chose to dine with us. And they said it in such a way that you could really believe that they were honored by us coming to the restaurant. He says, may I have your names, please? Yeah, you had to have a reservation for this place. But once we gave them our name, they didn't call us Madam or Sir anymore. They called us Mr. Brunzo, Mrs. Brunzo. And he said, right this way, your table is waiting. We didn't wait on the table, the table was waiting on us and then he pulls out our chairs, of course Mrs. Brunzo's first, got us seated and situated, opened our cloth and napkins that were on the table and assisted us with them whether you wanted them on your lap or alongside me he asked and then he helped you with it and then he bows and says please enjoy your dining experience at Pellows tonight if there is any way I can make your dining experience More favorable or better, or more memorable, I think he said. Please don't hesitate to ask. And then he disappears. And you know, it's impressive just eating in a fine dining establishment like this because the food was indescribably delicious. But what makes the occasion even more impressive is the level of service that is provided to each and every customer. They really made you feel special. And as soon as we're seated, our waiter comes over to the table. He's wearing a tuxedo with a cloth napkin hanging over his arm, just like you see in the movies. And he welcomes us, introduces himself, and hands us our menus. Then he tells us the specials and asks if we have any questions. He takes our drink orders and briskly disappears. And then a short time later, he reappears with the same swiftness as when he left, and he places our drinks on the table, and the one thing I was impressed with about the waiter is they always moved briskly, quietly, intently, and with purpose. In other words, you could tell he was trained and knew exactly what he was doing. He took our orders and disappeared again. And when he returned, he brought with him a complimentary appetizer of different kinds of breads, cheeses, sliced meats, and grapes. This could have been a meal, at least for my wife, not for a meal, but it was that big of a plate. And uh, when he wasn't actually waiting on us, we could see him standing like a soldier a little ways from the table, but we knew he was watching us looking for signals that would indicate we needed something and then he would just magically appear at the side of the table and disappear again having fulfilled that need, whether it was another napkin, whether it was a a refill on a drink or whatever. And in a five-star restaurant like Pelos, the waiters only waited on one table at a time. He wasn't running around trying to uh, keep up like you might see in other fine dining restaurants. And I remember looking up and noticing that our drink glasses had been refreshed and I couldn't even even remember him coming to the table or leaving. And after the appetizer I wiped my mouth with my napkin, my cloth napkin, and set it on the table next to me and before I knew it he had came to the table, had a little whisk broom and a little dustpan like instrument and he swept the breadcrumbs off of my table and around me and then he left and I looked down and I had a fresh napkin where my soil bone was sitting. And uh, when dinner arrives, it's carried to the table by two servers and they're dressed in tuxedos and wearing white gloves and the servers set the plates on the table in front of us and each plate was covered by a silver dome. And once both plates are set in place, the servers stand to the side of each person at the table, my wife and I. And then in perfect unison, they lift together the silver domes from the plates to reveal the food that had been meticulously prepared for us. And, you know, from watching the Food Network and stuff, they say that you eat with your eyes first. And that was certainly the case here. It was beautiful. The plate was beautiful. But my whole point is this, by the time we were finished with dinner, we both felt like a king and a queen. We felt special. We felt like we were appreciated, honored, and treated specially. And I know you're probably wondering now what this has to do with our opening scripture, but let's read it again, and then I'll show you what it has to do with it. Mark 10 and 45 again says and whoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all For even the son of man Jesus came not to be ministered unto or served but to minister or serve and to give his life a ransom for many So jesus is talking about service here And how many knows that if jesus came to serve there's no five-star restaurant In the earth or above the earth or beneath the earth that could compare to the excellent service that he provides. And that word minister that was used here comes from a Greek word that means a servant whose primary responsibility was to serve food and to wait on tables. It's that word diakonos. It's where we get our word deacons. And that's how deacons were started to serve tables. Not serve on boards, but serve tables. And it presents a picture of a waiter or a waitress who painstakingly attends to the needs, the wishes, the concerns, and the wants of his or her master. We would probably say today, customer. And by definition, that Greek word actually means to minister with the best attitude. How many knows the best is the best? there's nothing better than the best right. and so it's somebody uh, it means to minister with the best attitude the finest appearance and the highest form of service and professionalism which is exactly what we experienced at Palos now we don't have a dress code in this church obviously but you know we, uh, we, we should Uh, Do our best. You know, if you're going to wear a t-shirt, make sure it's your best t-shirt. Make sure it doesn't look like you slept in it for three nights and three days. (laughs) Or you were swallowed by a fish with it. And and same with your pants. Your shoes should be in good repair. Haircut, which I haven't had to worry about in four months, five months. But soon and very soon, I feel it. I can see it. It's it's kind of hard for y'all to see because it's so white. <laughs> it's grown back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, uh, you know, a nice haircut. Uh, if you got teeth, <laughs> brush them. If you don't, praise the Lord anyway. Maybe a breath mint. You know, we should be doing our best, right? Yes. And so uh, we should be... Ministering with the best attitude, our best appearance, the highest form of service and professionalism and professionally pleasing their masters or their customers was the servant's supreme task, so they served honorably, pleasurably, and in in a fashion that made every person feel as if they were nobility, and usually they were serving nobility. And that is exactly the type of service that my wife and I experienced at that restaurant that night. We'll never forget it. And you know restaurants in the first century were very rare they didn't have a whole lot of them. it's not like today. So most servers worked in the in very exclusive homes and they worked for nobility and kings and in palaces and they worked for the elite the rich and the famous Lord, don't let me meddle tonight. I'm thinking of a house and a senate, but now I'm not going to say anything about it. Hence, these were well-trained, highly refined, cultured, high-class servants who served with sophistication and finesse and with an excellent spirit. Notice I didn't say a spirit of excellence. I said an excellent spirit because there's a difference if you serve with a spirit of excellence then that means that you can pick and choose what you're going to serve excellently and what you're not but when you have an excellent spirit everything and all that you do and who you do it for will always be of excellence but in the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew 22 13 Jesus used this same Greek word to describe exactly the kinds of servants that were assisting a wealthy king and did you know this high standard and attitude of excellence is what God expects from every believer who serves in the kingdom of God he expects nothing less from anybody everything we do we should do heartily with all our might as we would do it unto the Lord and you know think about it for a second we seen this type of excellence in a five-star restaurant that we ate at and this is my question why would this level of excellence be expected in a high-class restaurant but not in God's kingdom I know I was preaching good till now but as God's servants we should be well trained and I think pastor and I have done a good job in training every one of us and we should we should be highly refined cultured and equipped to minister to any need with which we are confronted whether it is in the church in the kingdom of God on the job in your home In your marriage with your family it doesn't make any difference we should have the same excellent spirit in everything that we do God expects us to serve like that there is nothing more important than what we do for the Lord now those waiters I'm sure were paid well I know and this is several years back and uh, they had a minimum tip of thirty-five dollars. You could pay, you could tip them more, and we did. We tipped them much more, and, and uh, it was because of that high level of excellent service that we received. And, and uh, you know, thirty-five dollars back then was a lot of money, and, and so they were paid well, and they were they were uh, compensated monetarily. But we may not be compensated monetarily but I'll tell you the truth our benefits are much better than those waiters that waited on us at Kyle's restaurant yes. Yes. we have tremendous benefits our employer owns a cattle on a thousand hills yes. and as one country preacher said and the taters underneath he owns it all yes. he, he pays us from the riches of glory I, I, now, we may benefit down here, but when he pays us, it's in the riches of glory. Yes. And I'm not saying, now, I mean, as you know, I'm a miracle. I'm a, I'm a standing yes. miracle yes. here. Yes. God healed me of stage yes. four cancer. Yes. And he didn't do it as a payment. He did it as a benefit. Yes. 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 Forget not all his benefits who, yes. uh, who, uh, forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thine diseases. It's a benefit. He healed me as a benefit. Now you tell me any earthly employer, I don't care how good he is, Amazon, UPS, Ford, it doesn't make any difference. They can't offer you a benefit like that. They can offer you health benefits or they can pay for some benefits for you to go to the doctor and stuff, but our employer offers healing as a benefit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, uh Anything we do for him we should do with that excellent spirit. And I know that that God doesn't get frustrated, but bear with me If I were God And you're all blessed that I'm not (laughs) Because I'd make everybody come to church on Wednesday and Sunday And I'd make them pay your tithes before I lifted that excruciating headache that I put on you when you thought you weren't coming to church. But if I were God, then I know I would be frustrated if I looked around the church. And I'm not just talking about our church. I'm not just picking on our church. But I told you, since God healed me of cancer, he healed me for a reason. And we're not staying in the same place that we were anymore. We're not going to be happy with the status quo anymore. We're going to move up. Amen. And that's in everything. I mean, an excellent spirit in everything, and I'm putting the finger on me first. I'm going to do everything that I do, whether it's preaching, ministering, prophesying, laying hands on the sick. I'm going to do it with an excellent spirit. Not a good enough spirit, but an excellent spirit. And I'm going to expect the same from you. You're a believer, ain't you? God expects it from you too. But like I said, if I were God, I know I'd be frustrated if I looked around the church and seen that believers tolerated a standard in the church that a five-star restaurant would never tolerate. That's not right. We shouldn't be having five-star restaurants set the standard for the kingdom of God we as believers and Christians should be setting the standard for the world not the other way around why should our standard be lower aren't we serving the king of kings and the lord of lords aren't we working at his table he said a table have i set before thee in the presence of your enemies and we're not just sitting at that table, we're working at that table. We're distributing from that table. We're, we're, we're deaconizing that table. We are ministers of that table, servants of that table. And we should be serving it to the world. Like I said, you know, I, I was just healed of cancer. Stage four, one of the most deadly, fastest moving, most aggressive cancers known to man. And God healed me of it. Amen. And so I'm grateful. I've always loved God, but I have a higher appreciation for the things of God now. And and uh, you know, yeah, my wife and I had to go through the fire, but I can tell you that he was in the fire with us. There, there was uh, Not a fourth man, a third man, because it just means there's a third man in the fire with us, and his name was Jesus. And the fire didn't burn us, it didn't singe us, and when we come out, we didn't even smell a smoke. That's our God. Hallelujah. But shouldn't our standard be the one by which all other standards are measured and compared? People should be coming to the church. To, to set standards for their business, for their family, for their marriage, for yes. whatever. Yes. People should be coming to the church to find out what is the standard for something like this. Yes. Yes. They shouldn't be going to UPS or, or Ford or Amazon or any other major corporation to find out what the standard for life is. Yes. We have the standard for life right here in this book. Yes. We have a standard of excellence right here in this yes. book and we should be setting that example to the world hallelujah. hallelujah look around your church look around your church facebook people if you don't come to this church what do you see do we measure up to the standards that we've seen in that five-star restaurant called Pellos that i described earlier or is it closer to waffle house <laughs> that one got a kick <laughs> Could it be <laughs> could it be better than than what it is? Should our ushers and greeters Make the people who come to this church as welcome as that Ma D made my wife and I, and I feel at that five-star restaurant. Are we as professional as those waiters were? Are we as attentive to the needs of our people? Amen. Starting at the top with me and Pastorette. You know one of the most important ministries in the church, and, and please understand me, I'm not picking on our praise and worship team. But that's one of the highest ministries in the church is the praise and worship team. We need to realize the importance of the music ministry. It ain't everything, but it's a big part of the kingdom of God. There's music all through the Old and New Testaments, instruments. So it's important to God. But that ministry is not for you and I. It is for him. The word I'm preaching is for you and I. Me first. But it's one of the most important ministries and we need to realize the importance of it. And if it's done at all, it should be done with the most high, excellent spirit than anything else in the church. We need to realize that praise and worship is more than a preliminary to preaching. It's much more than just getting people into a good mood so they don't stone me when I get up here and start preaching. It is a ministry unto God. A praise and worship team must be sold out and focused on their mission. They should be imparting the vision and the spirit of God into the people of our congregation. And again, I'm not picking on the praise and worship theme. I'm emphasizing the importance of it. It should be everyone's goal for the people that come through that door to have an amazing worship experience with us. I know tonight is Wednesday night. We have David, a guest tonight. And, you know, he probably won't receive as great and amazing Worship experience as he would on a Sunday when we have a full-blown team here and all our ushers and everything We're laid-back on a Wednesday. I don't think you understand that brother David And but I want him to have an amazing worship experience I want him to leave here shaking his head and saying boy that was church tonight. We had church tonight. Hallelujah." Hallelujah And it starts with our door greeters which we usually don't have on Wednesday night because we're so laid back maybe we need to change that and it continues with our ushers our praise and worship and our ministry of the Word of God I'm not off the hook here either and this also includes the children's and the youth ministries and that will only happen if it's done in an excellent spirit I mean, why do we have a praise and worship team? Like I said, the primary purpose is to minister unto the Lord. That's his time. And our main emphasis is to bless the Lord. The praise and worship team ministers unto God and his people. And that's an awesome responsibility that we should not take lightly. God requires us to be our best in whatever area of responsibility you have, whether it's cleaning the toilets, ushering, greeting, playing an instrument, singing on the praise and worship team, or even preaching the word. We should be our best. I can't be my best if I don't, if I don't spend some quality time in prayer and study. Praise and worship team can't be their best unless they spend time in prayer and study. And they have to continue to develop their skills. Because it takes practice and it takes work to be the best. And I may not be able to tell if you did your best when you cleaned the restroom or vacuumed the carpet. Or sing that song on the praise and worship team. I might not be able to tell if you did your best. But God knows. And you're not doing it for me. You're doing it for him. You're trying to please him, not me. I appreciate you. I thank you. The more you do, the less I have to do. The more time that we can spend in prayer and and study of the word. But are we serving with an excellent spirit and that excellent spirit should start at the entrance of the parking lot. People should feel an excellent spirit when they come in. One of these days we might have to have ushers out there showing them where to park and directing them to parking places. They should feel that excellent spirit the minute they pull into the parking lot. It doesn't start when the music starts and the lights are lowered. It starts out there. And it continues as you come in. We're at a place in time now where God is expecting us to step step up higher as a church and as ministers. Every one of us. And the current status quo and the mediocrity will no longer be accepted. Amen. 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 If you take an assignment for the Lord then me and him both expect you to carry it out to your best yes. and to your yes. fullest yes. it's time for us as a church and as individuals to begin if we haven't already I'm not saying there's not people in here already serving with an excellent spirit but uh, it's time for us to start doing it. it's the highest form of uh, professionalism And the highest form of service that we can render in his name. It's never just good enough. That's good enough. No. Is it your best? God and I both want your best. And as God's servants, we should set examples. Uh, examples of excellence in every area of this church and ministry and I'm preaching to me too we should never settle for that good enough I think it was a couple weeks ago when I was preaching I said that there is a that's good enough spirit in the church I don't know if that's a real spirit or not but I just described it as that you know that oh well 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 I missed the spot ah that's good enough I ain't going back to get it Would you be doing that if you were sweeping the streets of heaven? Would you miss a spot and say, ah, that's good enough? No. Well, you're still working for the same king. We should never settle for good enough. Well, I did my best. I don't know if you did or not, but God knows. Praise the Lord. I got more notes than I got time. But the Bible tells us there were 120 presidents and princes. That's how he described him serving under King Darius of Babylon. Yet Daniel was preferred above all 120 of those presidents and princes. Do you know why? The Bible says because an excellent spirit was in him. Not on him, not around him, not assisting him. But in him and that caused him to rise above all 120 presidents and princes that King Darius had under him and Darius raised Daniel up above them all because of that excellent spirit that was in him and that same excellent spirit that got Daniel promoted will get you promoted uh, on the job at school, whatever, on a sports team, in this church, that same excellent spirit will get you promoted and raised up yes. as well. Yes. Yes. That excellent spirit will have you uh, find favor with your bosses. That excellent spirit will get you raises and promotions. Yes. Yes. And it will do it in the kingdom of God as well. Everything that we do should be with an excellent spirit. You don't do things to the best of your ability. You do things to the best of his ability. Because wherever you lack, he will anoint you to make up the difference. When you do something, back up and look at it real carefully. And ask yourself this question. Can it be done any better? Did I miss anything? Can I do this better? Is this straight? Can I I maybe prop this a little bit? Can I maybe shine this a little bit more? Is it as excellent as it could possibly be? I don't care if it's in this church. I don't care if it's on the job, at home, doing the dishes. I don't care what it is. Back up and look at it. Ask yourself, did I do my best? Did I do God's best? Was I the best reader this morning? Was I the best usher this morning? Did I play and sing with all my heart? If the answer is no, then do it over again or make the necessary adjustments. But don't settle for that's good enough. When I was in the Army, I can remember in boot camp, I had a lot of responsibility. I was not a sergeant in arms or anything. I didn't even have mosquito wings yet, but my responsibility was that they put me in charge of 10 toilets with matching sinks. And my job was to clean them with an excellent spirit. Now I didn't know nothing about no excellent spirit. My drill sergeant didn't know nothing about no excellent spirit. But before it was over with, I had a really good idea of what an excellent spirit was. Right before he was going to inspect those toilets and sinks, he asked me if those toilets were clean enough to drink out of. And then he said, I hope so, because you just might have to. I figured that excellent part out all by myself. I sweated that inspection. But I thought within my mind, did I do my best? Did I back up and look at it to make sure that everything was clean in, on, and around that toilet and that sink? Because I might have to taste my work. (laughs) I never had to drink from one of those toilets, thank the Lord, but I learned that's good enough, would never work with me. But if you possess this right attitude about doing God's work, it won't be too long until Jesus promotes you to a higher position. However, don't think that higher position will alleviate your need to keep serving. For he said the chiefest became the servant of all. to serve regardless of your status rank or position this is not just for the fivefold ministry or fivefold ministers this is for every believer every person in the body of Christ has a part to play they have a supply are you faithfully doing your job whatever it is are you doing it from the very depths of your heart are you doing it with an excellent spirit not a spirit of excellence where you pick and choose when you're going to be excellent and when you ain't but an excellent spirit that compels you to always do your very best and never settle for less if these are the qualities that God sees in you then it probably won't be long before he sees that you're rewarded with a greater level of responsibility because to whom much is given, much is required. But that's an honor. That's not like, oh man, I got enough to do. Oh, I can't take no more. Don't give me no more. No, this is an honor because he considered you worthy. He'll know you are trustworthy and ready to handle the promotion. And this works on the outside of the church as well. It works on the job. And the qualifications are often the same. He can't trust you with more responsibility until you prove you were trusted with the little responsibility that you already have. If you're not doing with an excellent spirit, the job that you have set before you don't look for a greater job with greater pay and greater benefits. That's not how it works in the world. It's not how it works in the kingdom of God. God doesn't just reward everybody for, you know, everybody Everybody doesn't get a participation trophy. If you get a trophy in the kingdom of God, you're going to earn it. Yes. You're going to get the trophy because you deserve it. Yes. <laughs> Not because he doesn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Right. The word diakonos that I mentioned early, earlier later came to represent a person found so extremely trustworthy and reliable That he was placed in charge of managing a palace. If you want God to entrust you with greater responsibility, you know, you have to start looking at your assignment in the place of service where you are right now. And you have to consider it to be the most important job in the world. You know, one of the things that caused me to come into the kingdom of God and even become a minister and a pastor was when I first went to that little old Pentecostal church and God spoke to me. And he spoke to my heart and the thing that impressed me the most, among other things, I mean, he he really touched my heart. He told me things that nobody could have known uh, because I, I never told anybody, but God revealed it to that pastor through a word of prophecy. And I felt the goodness of God for the first time in my life. I knew of God. I went to, I was I was uh, in a denominational church for 30 something years. I knew of God, I knew some of the word, I knew how to pray, but I, re- I never really had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the thing that impressed me the most was that God took time out of his busy day, running the universe to talk to me And minister to me and touch me in a way that I've never been touched before and I felt his goodness I felt his love I felt his grace and it broke me and I've been running from God ever since and this is what people need this is what we have opportunities to give to people that come through that door but you can't bring your junk from home You have to leave it at the door. You have to tell yourself when you walk through that door. I don't know what God has me to do today. But I'm going to do it with an excellent spirit. To the best of my abilities. And I'm going to touch somebody's life today. With the love of God. That should be our goal. Fulfill your task. Whatever it is. With a high standard of excellence, An excellent spirit not a good enough spirit, and God will see to it that you are richly rewarded. Yeah. And you say, well, God's no respecter of person. He rewards us all equally. No, he don't. Right. He ain't Santa Claus, he's God. Right. And you have to deserve yes. things from him. Yes. The only thing you didn't deserve is grace, and he give us yes. that freely. Right. But if you want to advance in the kingdom of God, you have to earn that advancement. Amen. You have to earn that trust, that sense of responsibility that he needs you to rise to, that excellent spirit he needs you to rise to. He don't just hand out rewards to everybody. He hands out rewards to those that know him and know that he is. And those that are are operating in an excellent spirit and doing the best they can in the kingdom of God. These are the ones that God rewards. And no, he doesn't respect persons, but he respects faith and he respects commitment. And he respects dedication amen Amen. these are the people who get rewarded father we thank you and we praise you we give you glory and honor we consider it a privilege and an honor to do anything for you here am i lord send me use me give me opportunity give me responsibility i will do it to the best of my ability I will do it with an excellent spirit just like Daniel and others in the in the Bible did and God I thank you that you will recognize those that do and you will reward and promote those that do so we thank you that from this night forward it's not going to be the status quo anymore it's not going to be uh, that's good enough anymore we're going to start taking our assignments seriously whether it's cleaning the toilets or leading the praise and worship team, we're going to do it to the best of our abilities and we're going to do it with an excellent spirit you gave us enough examples of it and we know it's possible or you wouldn't tell us that we could do it so we thank you Father, we thank you that you considered us worthy to use and we will do everything to the best of our abilities this night out in jesus Amen. amen amen god bless you we appreciate you facebook book viewers we'll see you back here on sunday this concludes this message thank you for listening we pray that it's been a blessing to you For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember Jesus is Lord.